Welcome to the Nikkel Navigates podcast. This is a place dedicated to personal growth in all aspects of our life. We'll cover topics like how fat loss works, growing and starting a business, finding motivation, how to set personal growth steps, setting goals, doing it all with kids, and so much more. This is a place for those looking for answers, connection, information, and a better future made by you. Let's jump in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nikkel Navigates. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Today, I have the coolest study to share with you. It's all based on facts. It's all science. Um, And when I first heard this, I was absolutely flabbergasted. Okay, I love that word, flabbergasted. I was blown away. Um, And so everything that I'm about to tell you is not something I came up with on my own. It comes from science-based facts, from multiple science um, experiments that were done. There's a ton of evidence behind this. Dan Pink is the person who actually came up with this, and it's called the Puzzle of Motivation. He's the one who talked about this. Um, So feel free to look that up. But I want to give you a... um, a smaller thing to listen to. I wanted to try to condense it into something more manageable. So let me start with, there is something called the candle problem that was uh, made by someone named Carl Dunker in 1945. So a long time ago, um, he did a ton of studies in different behavioral science is um, came up with a bunch of different experiments. Uh, you can Google him. He has, honestly created a ton of the um, backboard to what we know for behavioral science. But he came up with something called the candle problem, where he gave a bunch of students a candle, thumbtacks, and matches. Now, I have to tell you this because it's on podcast and you can't actually see this problem. All of this was inside a small plastic box. And he was told he had told everyone who was doing this experiment that you need to figure out how to light the candle without getting the wax on the table. So everyone, you know, went through and like tried to thumbtack the candle to the wall. They tried to burn the candle, uh, let the wax run down the side of the candle, stick it to the wall. They tried everything that they could. Um, and it took them about five to 10 minutes Now, what people hadn't realized, it took them about 10 minutes to realize, is that the box was also part of the problem that the tax and everything came in. You can also use the box because they were told you can use anything on the table, which include, it included the box. So you could thumbtack the box to the wall, put the candle inside the box, and then light the candle. So all of the wax went into the box instead. So that's the answer to the problem. But the thing is what we call functional fixedness, which is where we're so focused on the problem right in front of us that we refuse to work outside the box. So someone else years later, um, his name was Sam Glucksberg, decided what happens if I add incentives to this problem, to the candle problem? So to the first group, this is the same exact problem, same exact candle problem set up the same way. To the first group, he said... I just want to establish like what is normal, what is the normal time for someone to figure out this problem. To group two, he said, if you get the top 25% for how quick you can do this, you get $5. Again, this is a long time ago. This was 1960-ish. So if you take inflation into it, this is quite a bit of money. 
Um, and if you get the fastest, you get $20. So honestly, that's like $50 for like a couple minutes worth of work. Um, so obviously you think that it was worth it for a couple minutes of work to get more money. I want to ask you, who do you think did the problem the fastest? The group that was just setting the norm, the group that was getting $5 or the group that was getting 20. When I first heard this, there was a large pause and I'm like, definitely the group of $20 because you get the most money. Um, you're the most incentivized. I was so wrong. The group with the highest incentive did it three and a half minutes slower. Okay. And I'm Republican. So I'm not saying that the way that our business model is right now is wrong, but I'm also saying it's wrong. So hear me out. You would think that the better you perform, the more money you get would incentivize people to work harder, to work better, and, and to use their time wisely. But in this study, in these last two studies, these are two different studies, obviously it's not working. Um, what we have found out is that the more incentivized we are, it dulls thinking and creativity. This is 40 years tried over. It's been, this experiment has been done over and over and over outside of the experiments I'm telling you right now. But the more money we think that we're going to get, the worse that we do because it dulls thinking and creativity. We can't literally think outside the box. We are, if we are looking at a table that has a small box with these items in it, the candle, the matches, the thumbtacks, we're looking inside the box without realizing that we can use everything on the table. And what we need to talk about, this is where all of this is going, is extrinsic versus intrinsic motivators and contingent motivators. Contingent motivators, which is the, if you get this done the fastest, then you get the most money. It works sometimes in some situations, but not all situations. So how do we figure out like where the the disconnect is in these experiments. It goes to extrinsic versus intrinsic intrinsic motivators. Um, reward and punishment doesn't work unless you're doing a job like you're working at McDonald's. Um, unless there is a very clear, I do all the time, X, Y, and Z, and I get A, whatever. I have to do this and this, and I know every time that it's going to come to this. But that's not the world that we live in. When we're given the candle problem, we are not, we are given everything on the table and told to figure it out. We're not told how to do it. This experiment was done again with nothing in the box. So everything outside, everything was outside of the box. So we have a box and then not inside the box, like the first couple experiments, but outside the box next to it on the table, you had the same things, the candles, uh, the matches and the thumbtacks. And when everything was separated, where it was very clear that we had lots of things to work with on the table, when we realized that the box was also part of the problem, people had no issues getting that done. They did it the fastest when everything was taken apart and you just had to put it back together. There was one set of rules with one clear destination but you have to realize that that's not how life works. We are given a set of, of tools inside the box. And we have to realize that we have to think outside the box. We have to look at the whole table. 
to figure out the result, how to fix this problem. Incentives narrow focus. And honestly, this is why I think today's generation think that we should be being paid more with less work, but a lot of the jobs where people are complaining and saying that we should be being paid more for less work, they're the people who are given all of these separately and saying, okay, number one, you have a box. Number two, you have thumbtacks. Number three, you have candles. Number four, you have matches. Instead of them having to look at the whole table and figure it out for themselves. There is not a clear destination in today's, in most of today's work, unless you work at somewhere like McDonald's where it's very, very cut and dry, which is also the reason why I, this is my personal uh, thought, but why the people that are given jobs that are so cut and dry shouldn't be earning more because the rest of us are out here trying to figure out how to make A plus C equals Z. Like we're trying to put all the pieces together. Um, I also want to talk about how mechanical skill versus cognitive skill. Because mechanical skill is where you're given A, B, and C and you have to equal D. In this, in this instance where it's just mechanical skill, so we'll say McDonald's, bonuses absolutely worked. And this was shown with MIT students. So MIT students were given the same problem. When it came to just mechanical skill, bonuses absolutely worked. But when it came to someone having to incorporate cognitive skill, the larger the reward, the worse the performance. MIT students. I kid you not. So they were given the same problem. MIT students were given use everything on the table versus um, everything inside the box. You can see which one's mechanical, which one's cognitive. As soon as cognitive skills, even even like the lowest of cognitive skill, they did worse when they were offered more. Um, Again, this was done. I'm going to keep giving you studies to prove my point. This was done again in a third world country. So um, people who like $20 was like $1,000, like it was a lot. So there was a lot on the table. Guess what? The group of three, the third group that was told that they would get the most money if they did it the fastest, did the worst. The more money, the worse the performance do you want to hear something absolutely crazy? Economists from MIT and Carnegie gave this test multiple times in many different places, in many different third world countries, and in the United States, um, and in England, all to get the same results. But guess who paid for this research? Guess who wanted to fund it and started this research? The Federal Reserve. They are the ones that wanted to know this. And I, honestly, I, that blew my mind. Um, let me jump to a quick overall idea, which is stop doing more of the wrong things. You have to broaden your idea. So I am an entrepreneur in what I do daily, but also at heart, like since I was younger, I never wanted to do anything where I had to be like at work from like five to or like nine to five. I never wanted a set schedule. I wanted the flexibility and the freedom to create what I wanted, when I wanted, and where I wanted. 
Why? Because my family did that. Like my dad, my mom did that. So growing up with that, I'm like, yes, that's the way I see, I see the light. Um, and honestly, this study just proves that more and more. So let's talk about intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. We know that extrinsic motivation doesn't work based on everything I just gave you. But the thing that science has found is that intrinsic motivation is the number one, re- the number one resource for the most productivity. So scientists gave this new idea of intrinsic motivation, and there's three parts to it. Number one, autonomy. Number two, mastery. And three, purpose. Let's talk about what those are. Number one, autonomy is the urge to direct our own lives. Is anyone else like, if you tell me to do A, I promise you I will do Z. <laughs> like, don't tell me what to do. I can figure this out on my own. Um, I don't like being told what to do. That's definitely who I am. I think that's why I'm so drawn to this study is because when we talk about this intrinsic motivation, I just feel so deeply for all of these. So that's what autonomy is. Number two is mastery, which is to get better at something that matters to you. And I think that fitness plays into mastery for my life so much. Like I want to be the best at what I know and what I do and what interests me more than anything. Number two, mastery. Number three is purpose, which is the yearning to do something that's bigger than us. How can I help other people? That's why I have this podcast. Um, so I feel like everything that I do within my life fits into these three categories. So I hope that you can apply this intrinsic motivation that scientists have proved work the best, autonomy, mastery, and purpose into your life and figure out, okay, this is what I do for autonomy, mastery, and purpose in your life. Let's figure out how does this intrinsic motivation actually work in, in the world, in the workplace, okay? There is a company called Atlassian. And a couple times a year, Atlassian um, is a, com- a huge company, just Google it, that lets their workers go for 24 hours to do absolutely anything that they want. So they spend their own time doing whatever they want. It, it, it obviously still has to be like semi-work related. It's just idea thinking, but it can't have anything to do with, they, it cannot have anything to do with what they're doing at work. It has to be something else. And guess what? It produced the most software fixes than any other time. Google took this idea from this company Atlassian and said, okay, we're going to give 20%, Google has given 20% time to their workers for autonomy. Okay, again, autonomy is the urge to direct our own lives. So it just means that we get to choose whatever we're doing, what we're working on, from where, um, about what, And this autonomy that Google is giving has created half of the new products that are created within Google. Google comes up with half of their new products and 20% of their work time because they give their employees the freedom. I'm going, if you have um, employees, I feel like this is really important in how to direct your employees, but in just a second, I'm going to explain to you how you can actually use this in your own life. Um, There is something called ROWE, R-O-W-E, which is results only work environment, which is the same thing as autonomy. Everything is up to you. 
and it 99% of the time has the highest productivity results. Okay. What you have to realize is that there is a discrepancy in the science. There's a discrepancy in what science knows versus what business does every single time. Science knows something and what business does does not go with what science knows. So I'm telling you what science knows and how we should be running our businesses based on what science knows. We need to stop hiring people based on who they are and what talents they have and making assumptions and instead look at what are they capable of doing if we gave them the freedom and the room to do it. I have uh, one last thing to share with you, like one more example of why what I'm saying is so important. In the 1990s, there was a company called Encarta. Encarta created encyclopedias. So think of it, it was all paperback, paperback encyclopedias. And they thought that if they gave the highest, most intelligent people the most money, they were giving them tons of money. They were paid very well. They thought they would come out with the best encyclopedia. Look up Encarta. Um, and if you asked anybody during that time, if they thought that someone with absolutely zero money incentive would create an encyclopedia, an encyclopedia they would have said no but guess what wikipedia was born because everyone just went on and said hey listen we want more information on all of these different things i want you to do this for fun go in and like put information out to the world encyclopedia uh, wikipedia is the number one encyclopedia in the entire world so keep that in mind. I want to kind of summarize this, everything that I've said real fast before I jump into how do you apply this to your life, whether it's uh, just for yourself individually or if you own a business. Number one, 20th century motivators only work in very small percentages. Very, very, very small. You need to be giving your workers more time for freedom and for creativity and for thought processing. Number two, if-then rewards kill creativity. If you do this, then you get this. It kills creativity. It makes them look inside the box instead of including the box and outside the box. Number three, the secret to high performance is the unseen intrinsic motivators, not rewards, that drive you to do what matters. You have to do something that matters. Not because you have a reward, but because intrinsically inside yourself, in your soul, with all of your being, it's important to you. You want to get better. You are motivated to. That will overperform any sort of um, per, any sort of payment um, or anything that you're being given. Feeling self-gratification is the number one motivator every single time. This has been proven for, well, it's 2023, so uh, six, seven, eight, almost 80 years over and over and over again. So let's talk about how this affects you as a business owner or infects you, affects you in your daily life. I still think that the best thing for me was creating habits and schedules to get X, Y, and Z done every single day at the same time. 
time blocking. Um, if you are not a part of TikTok or watching my videos on TikTok, right now I'm doing a 100 day challenge where every day it's something different and I think it's super important. Um, so go on and watch those. I do think that creating those things is so super important, but you also have to schedule time to be creative, to think outside the box. And I've seen that more this year than any other year when it's come to building my real estate business because I was being given from multiple brokerages when I was trying to build my real estate business um, this box with all of the stuff inside it. And I'm like, okay, I get, you know, like $10,000 if I can make this happen. And like, it was, you know, very um, commission, it's all of it's commission based. And so I was like working for them and like doing my hardest and nothing was working. And I felt like I was working my butt off, but I couldn't find the answer. Kind of like all of these studies that I've told you where they are still working. They're still trying to figure out the candle problem, but I just couldn't figure it out. And the last six months, I took myself out of it and I said, okay, screw that. Screw that thought process. You know, this is what I want for myself. Like, I want to feel good about myself. I want to feel like I am productive and providing for my family and like all of these intrinsic values. So I talk about my why all the time. What is your why? Intrinsic values are the same thing as your why. What are they? So I found mine again about six months ago. And I said, okay, let's look at the whole table for this candle problem. How can I figure this out? And I figured it out faster in six months than I did in five years. As soon as I took a step back. So in your life, I want you to schedule and time block creativity thinking. Whatever it is, like maybe the goal is to have more peace within your life. Instead of being like, well, I need X, Y, and Z, I want you to schedule time to say, all right, let's think outside the box. What can I do that I haven't thought of that would help me with my internal peace? If it comes to business, yes, I know you have to get certain things done during the day. Get them done. But I want you to schedule time for creativity thinking. Like this year, I have started five other projects that are going to help bring me income within real estate that I've never done before. Well, it's scary, first of all. But second of all, it's just something that I never thought would work. But it's working. You have to give yourself the freedom and the space and the time to be creative, to think outside the box in anything that you want to do in life. Whether it comes to... Uh, running a business, or it's just your personal life, or it's your relationship, or it's uh, parenting your children. It could be absolutely anything. So this doesn't just apply to business, but it can apply to any part of your life. Intrinsic motivators. I just think it's crazy that I continue to talk about the why. Your, your why. What is your why? I've talked about this for years since I first started my... Um, nutrition, like my online fitness business, which was now like seven years ago, I first started talking about my why then. And like, honestly, I wish I could go to every mountaintop and just scream it for everyone. And I feel like no one's listening to me. But even this study, they didn't say why. They didn't say find your why. They called it intrinsic values. It's the same thing. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why is it important to you? Why why does it motivate you and push you? Like you have to figure out those three things that I talked about.
you have to figure those out to be continually motivated and pushed to be better and to do better and to work harder and and to accomplish things that you've never accomplished and I don't mean like the like I'm gonna get it all like really hard in your face through the mountain not over the mountain sort of mentality I mean like even if it's just internal peace you still have to have that why why is it important to you what is that one stake in your life that you are drawn back to? So like if you were to take like a piece of wood, a stake and stick it in the ground. If you wandered away from it. Okay, this is like going off our path, you know, kind of forgetting our goals where we're just kind of wandering. But you look over the hill and you still see that stake. And you go back to it because that's your stake. That's where your home is. That's, that's like the important space to you. You have to have that stake in your life. So I need you to figure out where you're going to plant that stake and what that stake means to you. What are your intrinsic values? What is your why? It's just so insane to me. It almost makes me emotional that I've talked about this for so many years and we keep going back to our why. And people, I just, I just wish everyone would listen to me because everyone at first is motivated by the extrin- extrinsic values that we're being offered by this money and by social status and by likability and all of these random things that we think is wonderful, but our stake is to, to the left. And all of those extrinsic values are far off to the right and over the hill. So we get over to those extrinsic values, we've crossed the hill and we can't see that stake anymore. We have to remember that stake and we have to go back to that stake. That one starting spot that, that wanted us to do this in the first place. We have to get back to it. So um, I hope everyone got something out of this episode. I was just honestly so motivated by this TED Talk when I first listened to it. Um, You can go and listen to it. It is called, um, let me pull it back up. I apologize. Uh, Dan Pink does this TED Talk and it's called The Puzzle of Motivation. So I do think that you should go listen to it. It's wonderful. Um, But I also, I wanted to paraphrase it and also give you some real life applications because he's talking solely business, but I don't think it's solely business. I think that you can incorporate this in your personal life in every aspect. So um, go look at those TikToks that I told you about for the 100 day challenge. Uh, It's Nikkel Realty on TikTok. Um, And... If you guys have any questions, I'm always here to answer them. And thank you guys for joining this week.